Welcome to the Blister Podcast, a program dedicated to interesting people, the great outdoors, and a bunch of other stuff we like. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check us out online at blisterreview.com. Today we're talking about a new product that, if it performs as advertised, would truly revolutionize snow sports. One of the most annoying things about skiing and snowboarding is that ski and board bases require wax to work. And it's always a bit of a pain and or time consuming to keep your skis or board freshly waxed. But today, DPS is introducing a product they call Phantom. And Phantom is a base coating that needs to be applied only once, which would mean that us non-racers would never need to wax our skis again. Even better, this base coating is also purported to be more environmentally friendly than regular ski wax. And finally, when it comes to backcountry skiing, Phantom is supposed to work better than regular wax since you'll no longer have bits of wax getting stuck to the glue of your skins. This all sounds pretty amazing. Uh, Too good to be true, in fact. And when I first heard about it, I thought it sounded like total BS. So I decided to talk to DPS founder Stefan Drake and the technological developer of Phantom, Professor Jeff Bates from the University of Utah, about this new product and have them explain why this shouldn't be dismissed as crazy or impossible. This is a seriously interesting product, and Stefan and Jeff do a really good job of walking us through the development of Phantom and also why they are so confident that this product can actually deliver on all of these pretty sensational claims. Before we get started, I want to remind you all that the Blister 1718 Winter Buyer's Guide is out and available for sale. It's 192 pages long, and it includes 147 skis, plus a bunch of ski boots, outerwear, apparel, snowboard equipment, and more. The feedback we've received about the guide has been excellent so far, so we're quite confident that you're going to enjoy it and find it to be pretty useful, too. So head to blisterreview.com where you can still order a limited number of print editions of the guide, and the print edition also includes a free digital edition of the guide as well. Or if you just want the downloadable digital version of the guide, you can order that on the site too. And now let's talk about this new unicorn of a product, Phantom. So I'm here talking with Stefan Drake, uh, the founder of DPS Skis, uh, and we are joined by Jeff Bates, who is the technological developer of this new product we're going to be talking about. Uh, Jeff is also a a professor of materials, science, and engineering at the University of Utah uh, and has been uh, consulting with DPS on this this research project. So that's a bit of the backdrop, but... um, uh, today, you guys are introducing this new product called Phantom Glide. Stefan, what the hell is this thing? Huh. Well, yeah, Phantom is this, um, it's a base coating, basically, and it, it uh, replaces the need for ski wax. So, um, you know, over the last 150 years, ski wax has been sort of always assumed to be just a necessary piece of the glide equation when it comes to skiing and snowboarding. And, um, and, uh, I think that technology over the decades has really been, uh, perpetuated 
by racing. It's been driven by racing, this kind of one-run speed um, ideal that's kind of developed wax. But um, what we're after here is a product that, um, that goes beyond that one run or a few runs or even a couple days um, and towards the needs of skiers and snowboarders who are, you know, riding on a daily seasonable season or, you know, even vacation, um, mode where, you know, you really just don't want to be waxing your skis every day or every couple days. So, uh, what we have is a, is a coating that's not, it's not wax at all. And, um, what it does is create permanent glide penetration into your base so that you effectively never have to wax again and um, you always have glide. So. That sounds crazy and impossible. Uh, given someone who has absolutely grown up with, you know, wax is something that has to be applied and reapplied on skis. Um, Jeff, can, can you maybe help us make sense of why this is neither crazy nor impossible? So first of all, what we've done is uh, we've worked on a polymer composition. So essentially, we've, we've turned the ski base into a composite material, so one that already exists, and then we, we apply a liquid polymer solution into it, and then it polymerizes later. And so that makes it so that it is possible and not impossible. And then the functional groups that we've used on the, on the polymer that goes into it are ones that make it so that they, they act similarly to the way the wax works. Like one way to think of it is, is to kind of bridge the gap between the impossible is that we're using um, a lot of the, the same functional groups, the, the essential elements that make wax fast, but we are, we've, we've sort of reinvented the carrier for how those, um, those elements are adhered to the base material. Okay. And what brought this about? What was the process that got you thinking we've got a possibly permanent solution to this age-old issue? Yeah, well, the story, I mean, we we sort of, we got exposed to kind of a history of products that have attempted to, to solve this problem through various technologies, um, mostly in Europe. And, um, and uh, so, so sort of, the, the claims and the possibility didn't didn't come from us. The, those those were from others and other projects that um, that haven't seen com commercialization or the light of day. Um, I think in a in a really effective way. And um, so so DPS approached uh, Jeff and and his group, and we you know it just so happened that I think Jeff's field of research and his specialty was perfectly suited to this problem and um you know i think with with great confidence he he said look you know given given my background my specialty um i i have an answer for how to do this and do this do this well and um <laughs> and uh so i you know i i asked jeff and jeff i don't know what you have to say like you told me once that that, hey, I think you just got really lucky that you approached, you know, kind of the right guy with the right knowledge to to solve this problem. So, yeah, exactly, because that made us we could just kind of hit the ground running. We did have some literature 
searching and stuff to figure out like how would we tie in what we already know into what already exists. But um, that's exactly what happened. And one thing that I just wanted to add to that is as we started to go with this, we started to discover more and more problems that this that this solution would solve. And that's what I thought was most exciting about all of this. Can you can you say more about that, Jeff? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was always this this claim that ski wax was bad for the environment. Mm. And so I wasn't quite sure if I believed it or not, because I wasn't sure what chemicals were already being used by different uh, wax companies. But the more I delved into it, the more I realized, you know, this really is a problem. And the fact that uh, ski wax does not penetrate the base whatsoever and that, you know, it's just coming off as you're as you're skiing down and that, that, you know, just goes straight into the watershed and everything else. I realized that this was a problem that really does need to be solved. This sounds so wild. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's still, I'm talking to you guys, and you you actually sound very convincing, and I'm still somehow, like, not buying it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, just to speak to that, I think even through the development process, uh, you know, Jeff's confidence and Kellen, uh, his partner, you know, they were, it was pretty infectious, but I think, you know, obviously we believed in the potential for it, but yeah, I think even during the development process, there is natural skepticism. And uh, to those that have skied it and tried it, um, it always kind of starts that way. But um, but it, it works. So, you know, it's uh, it's pretty cool that way. So how, how long has the how long has the development been for specifically for Phantom? I mean, Jeff, you've already said that you have been working on some kind of related products or applications of this, but, but in terms of phantom itself, how long has this been going? How, how long has there been testing on this? Um, Stefan approached me one year ago. So we spent the entire winter here with our R and D process and testing and getting it up on the slopes. And then we spent the summer here with a group down in, I mean, some people down in South in the Southern hemisphere uh, they skied on it all winter there for them, and they just had really good things to say about it the whole time. Yeah, so it's it a really, you know, when you think about it, pretty truncated, very fast uh, R&D process. And I think, yeah, we just, we hit it really hard. I mean, I think in terms of even the lab work that was done initially when we started, and then just this um, just kind of constant, unrelenting uh, on-snow testing that, really began in earnest kind of in January, I think, of last year, went all the way through the spring. And then, um, yeah, once we had a, a, like a validated good formula, we went through uh, over 40 different formulas um, by springtime wow. on snow. And then um, once we had the, the winter, um, those were, or that formula was sent down to two different groups in New Zealand and one in Chile. Um, these were race coaches, heli guides, ski instructors who, you know, basically were were tasked with um, skiing it day in, day out, all season long, and just trying to break it. You know, find find where the flaws were and just make sure that the you know the the long term and permanence claims, um, uh, you know, were in fact valid. So. So yeah, a and really let, quick process, oh, uh, short, but uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's something that I think we're all kind of proud of on this end is just the, the speed at which we were able to pull this thing off. So Yeah, definitely. 
So how much confidence can we have in the permanence claim? Right? Meaning like, is it like the only people who are going to sit here and really question the permanence are just people who don't understand the science? Are, are you that confident in the claim here? Say, I feel totally confident. And the reason why is because we haven't, this is not us testing, you know, as many runs as we can until it just stops working. This is actually us cutting the bases, you know, cutting the skis in half and using fancy equipment, so an EDS machine, mm -hmm. that, that, that will actually show us exactly the distribution of molecules through the base. So it's literally all the way through the base, and we have that. In fact, we've done some, some base grind testing, and I mean, it, it just keeps working all the way through because it's now part of the base, and so it will erode with the base, but I mean, as long as the base is there, this is going to be there as well, and it's not going to come out. And, wow. and just to, you know, from an, uh, to back that up on snow, you know, part of our testing regime has been, you know, well, it's been twofold. One, we have the long-term, you know, 60 day plus without a stone grind, um, testing. And then we have tests where we're, you know, skiing a freshly phantom ski, stone grinding it, skiing again, stone grinding it again. So you're, you know, you're, you're basically eroding off that top layer and, and, um, the thing we found was actually on the, um, in two cases on the, on the, after the first stone grind, the bases were actually faster than they were after the first application, which is, yeah, just a testament to the penetration. Wow. Um, if you can't tell, I'm still very much wrapping my head around this. Uh, so, you know, bear with me, but, um, in terms of base materials, um, you know, types of bases, does, does this work on extruded bases or only sintered bases or does it not matter? So, uh, so the testing we've done and all the development has been 99% on sintered bases. Uh, we, okay. we did, uh, we also obviously wanted to validate and understand how it worked on extruded bases, which we did. And I think, you know, the bottom line is extruded bases are pretty bad and slow to begin with. And uh -huh. so Phantom does the same thing on an extruded base based on our testing. It's just, you know, it's just a pretty poor product to begin with. You know, it's kind of like garbage in, garbage out. When you start with an extruded base, it's just slow. So, uh, regardless of what you put on it. And so, so, uh, extruded base with phantom we found is, uh, in warm spring conditions is still faster than a extruded base with, uh, all temp hydrocarbon wax on it. Wow. And, and talk to me about, um, if we're talking about touring skis, um, so, how does phantom affect skin adhesion um, and skin glue? Yeah, I think, yeah, phantom's a really great thing for backcountry skiing and splitboarding, right? Because you're no longer uh, contaminating your skin glue with wax and vice versa. You're not, or you're not ripping uh, wax off of your bases when you de-skin, right? So um, other than that, they're, there is, you know, it's, it's, it's great because you're eliminating, um, you know, a huge sort of convenience, uh, 
pain point in terms of having to wax, having, especially in the backcountry where, you know, in springtime, most notably where you're just, you know, across so many different conditions, you're not having to hit your wax, you're not ripping wax off your skis anymore, and you're not contaminating your skin boost. So it's kind of a win on, on all fronts. So, okay, let me, let me, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out or, or, you know, just poke and see if, there is still a clear case to be made for um, traditional waxes. I mean, so what, two questions. One, what would be the advantage of using a traditional wax over Phantom? Start with that one. Yeah. Um, so so here's the deal. Like if you're racing, um, then you know, a, a low fluoro, high fluoro hydrocarbon wax is going to be faster than phantom. So our claim isn't that phantom is faster than wax. It's really quite, yep. quite equivalent to, uh, all temp hydrocarbon wax. And, you know, that said, these low fluoro and high fluoro waxes are quite a bit faster. That's what is used in racing. Right. Yep. So, uh, so in the case of racing, if you're trying to win, then wax is going to be better than phantom. However, I think in a, you know, even in a racing environment, um, starting with a phantom base and then overlaying waxes is better than starting with a, um, with just a dry conventional base. So, um, so you have that kind of scenario. And then, uh, the other scenario, uh, is, you know, a very temperature specific hydrocarbon wax that's even not fluorinated, um, could be faster than phantom and in, in a very specific, uh, temperature range. But, uh, and okay. so, so that's in my opinion, the only, uh, but with all those scenarios, you're also, um, you're also taking on again, the environmental, uh, impact of, of, the waxing regime, right? At, you know, yep. you know, to, to get that additional speed. Um, yeah. And we've designed this product, you know, it's really for people, I guess, like, you know, in DPS world who, you know, we're not, we're not racing, but we want to glide every day and we want to not worry about it. You know, we don't want to have yep. to wax. We want to do, uh, not harm, put additional strain on the watershed and be, um, um, yeah, just sloughing off all these toxic chemicals every day. So that part feels good. And just being able to glide and go fast enough on a daily basis is, is what we're after. So, yep. I want to circle back to Jeff for a second before we wrap up, but, um, Jeff, I, this is so interesting. Talk to me, talk to me about before you, uh, were developing phantom with DPS, can you say a bit more uh, specifically about the kinds of projects you have been working on? Yeah, I mean, okay. So I've worked on lots of different research projects. I mean, the very first one that I worked on during my dissertation time was working on on a hydrogel material that's actually polymerized the same way that Phantom is, and it's used in it's it's, it's used to detect the pH changes in disposable bioreactors. And then I've had lots of other and I, I we invented a I mean, I probably shouldn't go into too much detail with it, but we've invented uh, heat shrink athletic tape. Um, I, I've always done lots of sensor type of work, but then I also own another startup called Shiro, and we've invented biodegradable um, 
plant-based materials that are used in feminine hygiene. And so I just have lots of different polymer and bio, biomaterial types of projects, and they're all focused on this uh, healthcare or biological impact, and then also on sustainability. Hmm. So you've already, the, the environmental sustainable part has been in your wheelhouse. You've just been able to now move that to a, <laughs> to a ski application. Yes. Interesting. Um, okay, guys. So let, you know, if someone is listening to this and they're like, this sounds really interesting, I want to at least give this a shot. What's the next step? Um, what's happening here? What does this look like in terms of where to buy it? Uh, is this something that people can apply themselves? Um, how, how do the logistics work? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is something that can be applied either in a shop environment or, uh, even in your home, like a kitchen type setting. So, um, so yeah, it's fairly user-friendly. It's a one-time application, um, as we've alluded to here. And, um, it takes about 20 minutes of your time with, um, right now we're at about six hours total of, of quote unquote dry time, um, for the liquids to fully penetrate and cure in the base material. So, um, yeah, in an evening it could, or afternoon, it could be accomplished and then you're, you're good to go. And then in terms of, um, distribution and selling it on, uh, Wednesday, November 1st, um, which I'm assuming is when this is going out. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're, we're launching a Kickstarter campaign, which will run for one month. And uh, that, that'll be, you could link to it through Kickstarter or uh, DPS skis. And then after that, it's uh, on to the world. We'll go, you know, through uh, traditional distribution and sales and, yeah, sell it via dpsskis.com and then, you know, through ski and snowboard shops all over the world. Wow. And, and just in terms of the application, I mean, have you guys found that it is like imperative to start with a pristine base? Um, has that proven to be, I mean, I, I presume a clean base is a very good thing, but do we know how, uh, sensitive, um, it is to, or, or imperative it is to just have as clean as, as humanly possible before, before we apply phantom. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's something we've, um, we recently wrapped up in, in terms of our testing. Um, so, so obviously, yeah, it's kind of, as Jeff puts it, you know, it's a good, good, better, best scenario. And, and the best is you, you just stone grind the ski before you apply phantom. That way you're getting rid of all the waxy residue. Um, yep. however, you know, if that's not possible, um, you can use, uh, other base cleaners. Um, even we've played with all of like household stuff, like olive oil and dish soap also works to get, you know, most of the wax out and phantom will still work, um, really quite well, even applied on top of, you know, on top of a wax base. So, um, that's what the on, on snow testing indicates, but yeah, in an ideal scenario, you get a stone grind first, put on phantom and you're good to go. Okay. Anything to add to that, Jeff? Well, I think he hit it just exactly perfectly. Okay. Well, guys, um, this is really remarkable and, um, you know, we certainly look forward to, to try and 
to trying it out. Um, but man, if this if this really does everything you guys are saying it it does, um, it does seem pretty game changing. Um, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm appreciate the time today, and and uh, I am extremely curious to see how this all plays out and unfolds. But um, but it sounds like you guys have done something really interesting. Um, so yeah, kudos. Yeah, cheers, Jonathan, and yeah, always super appreciate the time and interest to have us geek out on ski stuff. So it's good. Okay. Talk to you guys again soon, hopefully. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Jonathan. That's it for this edition of the blister podcast. Thanks to Stefan Drake and Jeff Bates for the conversation. And as always to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob for making us sound good. And for those of you who have listened all the way to the end, you get to be the first to hear about the new podcast that we are launching next week called Gear 30. And the first episode will drop a week from today. We're really excited about this new podcast. And if you love gear, this new podcast is going to be exactly in your wheelhouse. So keep an eye out for Gear 30 next Wednesday. And we will also talk to you again here on the Blister Podcast next week. Take care.